we encourage you to hear that, listen to it. You can listen to it on YouTube as well. Um, and, 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 uh, and, and, and as, as download it as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to get right into, get right into the, um, the message here today. Uh, God bless everyone who has joined in. Um, and join us for here at the fire realm. Uh, please have your pencil and pads ready because we believe that God is speaking. And if God is speaking to you, then I, I encourage you to have a pencil and pad available so you can hear what God is saying to you. It's so important to hear what God is saying, especially in these times with so many things pulling at us to the left and to the right. It can get a little cloudy if you're not at a place of listening. So, Without further ado, my wife is bringing the words uh, this morning, and uh, have your hearts open for what God has to say. So I will pass it over to uh, to Golden, uh, who is also a prophet and a pastor. I mean, so many titles, but I give honor to where honor is due. She's also a prophetess. Have your heart open for the prophetic word and also for being taught, because she is also a pastor. So without further ado, I pass it over to the Golden. God bless you. Good morning, everyone. Um, this this is the continuation of the life of Christ. But one thing I also wanted to add to the announcements before we enter into the series. Um, for all who don't know and that are listening online, we are FRM Global, hashtag FRM Global on Instagram, or it's Fire Realm, excuse me, the Fire Realm on Instagram, Facebook, and it's FRM Channel on YouTube. Um, don't forget that if you haven't liked, followed, or subscribed, that it will be a great, great help if you were to if you were to join the movement. God wants to spark a revival in earth, a revival of fire, of anointing, and of love. So I want you all to be a part of that. <clears throat> Anyone who says that, uh, oh, man, my ministry is boring. Uh, well, if they're, if if, they, if anybody believes that their ministry is boring, they have to look in the mirror at themselves. Because guess what? We make our ministry. Hallelujah. We make our ministry. We stand together for the ministry that God has given us. So if you feel like your your ministry is not lit, then you ain't lit. <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to throw that in there. And also... I want to share that um, Fire Realm is a ministry that accepts donations and a ministry that you can tie your tithes and offerings in. A lot of people don't know that, and that's why the Lord I put it on my spirit to share that because, you know, everything that we do for the community, everything that we do online, everything, every time that we're touching and reaching hearts, it's always for free, but of course you know that to continue what God is doing and what 
and continue the blessing to another, you know, there's also help needed. So we do open we do open the doors for donations and we also open the doors for you to be able to tie your finances into a blessing that will be abundant in your life to also pay, uh, pay your tithes and offerings. So um, with that being said, we're going to go straight into the word. I'm so excited because I was actually meditating on the word last night. And as you know, Christ is the living word. So what does that mean is that if if you are still alive, if you are still following God, if and you put Christ in your heart and you live by by his word and you can testify that you're not the same, that God has done miracles in your life, that God has spoke to you, spoken to you, then you have testified of the power of God. You have testified of the supernatural word of God. A lot of people, they struggle with believing if Jesus Christ is Lord. But I challenge every single person under my voice and that I, that is listening online, simply do like what I did. Ask them. That was my question to the Lord. I was straight forward, and I said, Lord, there's a lot of religions out here. There's a lot of people saying, Buddha is God, Muhammad is God, Selassie is God. Lord, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of religions out here. And I said, when I was raised up, I was taught that Jesus is Lord. So I said, Jesus, if you are Lord, if you are the Christ who came into the earth and you died for me, then show yourself to me. And I say this all the time. Why? Because that's so important. Because if you truly want to know who God is, God is not not a weak God. He can show you who he is like you could never, you that you couldn't even dream or imagine. He'll show you that he's real the way that you will believe. The Bible says that God desires none to be lost. So if you're, if you're, if you are uh, struggling with your faith, struggling to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, struggling with even your own identity because that's so important. If you don't know where you come from, then you surely won't know where you are going. So I want us, we're going to pick back up from last Sunday's night service with the, the life of Christ, and we're starting back at the end of Matthews. Chapter 5, starting at verse 
Hello? I just want to share, if you can hear me clearly, you can hear me clearly. We want to make sure everybody is hearing the word and that is receiving from God. If you can hear me clearly, just say amen. If you cannot, please let us know because that's our ultimate goal is for you to get the word of God. I can hear you better now. Amen. 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 Okay. I need another voice. I know someone, some other people are here. Hello? Amen. Okay. All right. All right. Hallelujah. Back on track. We don't want, we don't, we know that God is present. We know that he is speaking and we do not want his word to be missed out on. So I just wanted to do a a check-in to make sure that everybody can hear us clearly. Okay, so if you did not hear um, where we are, we're actually going back to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We Last Sunday night, we, we started on um, the, the first sermon that Jesus preached. Soon as, after he was baptized, after he had left the wilderness, the, we had went um, and we started briefly touching on the first sermon. And it was Sermon on the Mount. Okay? Um, there was a few things that were standing out to me last night as I was going over um, the word. And I believe the Lord wants to share that with us. So I'll say it here. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 10. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 10. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things about you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets before you in the same way. Read that one more time. Rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets before you in the same way. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice. He didn't say be sad. He said rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is so important. And this really, really touches my soul because a lot of times, for example, if you're standing for righteousness, 
If you're standing for Christ, if you're standing in love, if you're standing for truth, if you're standing in your true identity as a king or a queen, and you you do nothing to nobody, and people come against you and say and speak opposite of who God has called you to be, if people try to set snares for you or try to uh, uh, defame your character, to try to make you seem like you are a bad person, the Bible says rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. And the reason why God put this in my spirit and, and, and at times in my walk, even in, in Christ, sometimes it's easy to associate persecution with, in other words, to associate persecution with, oh, I, I'm suffering with a bad life or God doesn't love me, or I am not blessed. But see, that's why it is so important to study the scripture, because if you're living according to the natural, then you will easily be taken out. This is totally opposite than what the human mind and the human emotion would believe. And this is also for a lot of people, especially uh, young kids that are out there. I mean, if you were young and you were growing up and, and, and somebody, your mama told you, great-grandma told you that God uh, has a call on your life, that God wants to use you, that alone puts a bullseye on your head for the devil. So what he tries to do, even before you know who you are, he tries to tell you, tear you down with words. Oh, you're stupid. Oh, you're ugly. Oh, you'll never be nothing. Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't read. You can't write. You, you're, you're not attractive. You're, you're disgusting. And that is what today's society, what we call in today's society, we call it bullying. We call it bullying. It's like, oh, I try to say to myself, I try to be quiet, but I cannot avoid the bully. Well, I got news for you today that the Bible says that in Jeremiah, he said, for I knew you before the earth was created. I knew you, says the Lord. He says, I have formed you and shaped you in your mother's womb. So God knows every single person that is chosen before they even come into this world. And guess what, guys? Satan knows that too. So I just wanted to give you that understanding that persecution just doesn't only start when you acknowledge Christ and when you actually are working, working out your salvation. Persecution starts just because God has his, his heart and his eyes on you. A lot of people, and I've seen it over and over and over, especially young men and young women, before the ages of seven, they're already molested. They're already exposed to drugs and already exposed to promiscuity and all these things. And, and the enemy, all he tries to do is to get you to serve him before you realize you belong to God. This is so powerful, and it goes even 
broader. It goes even greater. When we talk about persecution, persecution is anything that comes against you that is not the will of God. Some of us were persecuted by our family members. Some of us were persecuted by our, even by our friends. Some of us are persecuted at our jobs. Some of us are persecuted at school, and you have to know the difference. God even talks about it. Jesus even showed us how we should how we should live and how we should respond to persecution. The Bible says that the battle does not belong to us, that the battle is the Lord. So even when people persecute you, they're not attacking you. The, Jesus said they're attacking him. So if, if they're not attacking us and they're attacking Jesus, then whose responsibility is it to fight back? And that's what gets a lot of people in trouble, a lot of people who harbor unforgiveness, they harbor anger, they harbor um, um, resentment because they, they, they don't really realize that this persecution has made them blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I stand before you today to let you know that every, I, there was never a, a battle, hallelujah, that if I, in other words, there was never a battle that I had that the Lord did not fight for me. Now, I can tell you this, <laughs> that he may not come when we want him to, but he's right on time. And I also want to share this with you, too. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But every principality, every authority, every spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly realm. So that means that my, the flesh and blood that is standing before me, calling me, doing all matters of evil, gossiping about me, slandering me, doing all these things, that, this, is, this is a demonic spirit that's behind this person. So that's why the Lord tells us in his word that we should pray for our what? Enemies. Because if they knew better, then they would do better. Obviously, that person has an open door in their hearts because they're already broken to even be used by the devil. But he said, great is your reward in heaven. So this is so this is so amazing. A lot of people say, you know what? I I don't really want to go all out for Christ. I don't really want to really serve him and I don't really want to preach because I know that people are going to persecute me and I'm going to suffer for 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 what I believe in. I got news for you today, brothers and sisters, that there is a suffering and there is a punishment when you walk as an unbeliever, there's a suffering and a punishment that when you walk, when you live in sin. But the only thing that we get out of it is shame and eternal death in hell, the eternal fire. That's all we get for it. Okay, we can do whatever we want to do. We don't have to serve God because we are afraid to preach his word. But 
there is a suffering in this life that even the unbeliever still has to go through. And the sad part about it, they don't have a way of escape like the believer does. When you suffer for righteousness, the Bible says that that Jesus um, Jesus said in his word that great is your reward of heaven. What does that mean? That means that, yes, there are rewards that God has for us in heaven and also on earth. Jesus said it. He said that in my father's house, there are what? Many mansions. So in your father's house, <laughs> there's many mansions for every single person who stood and who have endured to the end. We, in society, people, they kill, they lie, they cheat, they steal to live in mansions. But here it is, in my father's house alone, there are many mansions. For me, my brothers, my sisters, my family, hallelujah, that everybody going to have a mansion. Glory to God. And also, when you read the book of Revelation, you will see that in heaven, the gold, the streets are made of gold. So the very thing you walk on is made from gold. How many people you know have killed, have stealed, have lied to, to, to steal gold? But the, the Lord said, listen here, this is like a pavement to me. This is something beneath you that you can walk on. The Bible says that the gates in heaven are made of pearls, and the walls are of precious jewels. So I want to share that with you, that everything that you go, you're, you go through in life is not in vain, that God has a reward for you, and that's just the heavenly reward, and, and there's so many more. There's so many, many treasures that 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 God has stored up for us until it's unbelievable. The Bible says that eyes haven't seen nor is heard what God has prepared for those who love Him. So, one victory I know that I know that I know that I know, and it's and it's all over the word. If you take a look, even at Psalm 37, right? Psalm 37 talks about do not be envious or do not fret because of evil doers. For they, they you know, it looks like they're, uh, I'm just paraphrasing, it looks like they're flourishing like a great native tree. It looks like they're, 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 they're blossoming and, and it looks like they're get, just getting away with evil. But the Bible says, just like the grass, they will be here today and gone tomorrow. They will soon just wither away. David said that I looked at a wicked man. And he said when he turned around, that wicked man was no more, even, even after he tried to seek for him. So what, what, what am I saying? What, what, okay, what are you trying to tell us? Golden. What, what, why are you trying? Why are you going with this? What I'm saying is, is that do not. In other words, I'll say it like this: that every. Remember when we started out in the 
sermon, the, the, the series of the life of Christ. And we say that this earth was founded on sowing and reaping. No deed will go unpunished. No deed will not will go without being, no good deed will not go without being rewarded. And that's what I'm just trying to say to you today is to give you hope. I'm not going to sit on this, uh, at, in this service and say to you, you're, now that you're saved, you're never going to be persecuted. I'm not going to sit here to say that you're never going to go through any hardship. I'm not going to sit here to say that Jesus Christ is our Santa Claus and he's our knight in shining armor. He's just going to deliver us from all of the issues. What I love about the Bible is, is God, he gives you the truth. Sometimes it's the hard truth and sometimes it's the truth of, of, of glory and, and encouragement. Uh, but even in the, the hard news to take in, um, there's always, God always gives us a way and escape. He always gives us a form of hope. And that's what I really wanted to share today about those who have been persecuted uh, for righteousness' sake. If the, the, if the prophets were persecuted before us, right, we, and we are preaching the same word, then we will be persecuted as well. But God, oh, my God. Not only he will fight for you on, in this earthly realm, not only he will justify you, vindicate you, honor you, set you on high when you don't fight back in your flesh, young men and women of God, he also has treasures in heaven for you. So let's continue to read at verse 13. Matthew 5, uh, 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses uh, its flavor, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by people. You are the light of the world. A city located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so that they may they can see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. This is so powerful, and I hope you get it. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the lamp, the lampstand, says the Lord. 
Now, this is so powerful if you get it. What does salt do? What does, why would God compare us to salt? Why would God compare us to salt? For example, if you, if you go into your cupboard and you get a bottle of salt, but it doesn't have any flavor, why would you sprinkle it on your food if your food will stay the same, if your food will still be bland? The Bible says that the salt loses its flavor. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by people. That I mean, I just want us to listen to that. So that means that if you are professing Christ, then you are the seasoning to life. <laughs> you are the, 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 the person who's supposed to make the difference in the flavor. Hallelujah. You are the person that's supposed to stand out. Another thing about salt, salt cleanses wounds. Salt is purifying. You are supposed to uh, have some type of cleansing about you, some type of, of, of uh, and what does salt does? It preserves. So God, any time that God destroys a part of a town or a city or the world, it was because he couldn't find any salt. He couldn't find any light. There was some, there was no one who was willing to stand out, who was to 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 stand for righteousness' sake, to stand and be bold as a child of God. He said that this, if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be made salty again? So, and then here it is. It says. It is no longer it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by people. So for an example, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer and your and your character and your life is not compelling someone else to do what is right. If you are a Christian, you are a believer and no one around you knows that you believe in Christ. If you are a Christian and you just blend in, you just blend in with all the other flavors, but you're not standing out, you know what I love about salt? It enhances the flavor. So every time you step in a room, you're enhancing the flavor, the flavor in society. In other words, for example, if I get some, it, it, okay. So we know that salt adds seasoning to a flavor, and if you eat your food without salt, it's just tasteful, right? So this is the best example that I can give you today. So, for example, you're in a group of people, everybody cussing, everybody being disrespectful, everybody is reviling one another, everybody is going to the club, everybody is getting drunk, everybody is getting high. and you come along and you say, you know what, I see what you're doing, but but I choose not to do it. Why? 
because I, 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 I realize and I have learned that God has called us precious that we are kings and queens, that we are valuable to the Lord. And everything that we're that you're partaking of now is destroying who God has made you to be. It's defiling you. It's defaming you. You're living lower than who God has called you to be. So that is that salt, hallelujah, that is being sprinkled in society. For another, but if you if you are supposed to be the salt, and if you're smoking and you're drinking and you're still cussing and 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 doing exactly the same thing that everybody else is doing, Jesus said that man, this type of person, this type of person is is basically good for nothing. But they're only good to be what thrown out and trampled on by men. I don't know about you, but I didn't want to be, I don't want to be that person, and I didn't want to be that person, and I hope that you all agree with me. And he said that you are the light of the world, a city that is set on the hills and cannot be hidden. You know what I, I really noticed about people who have a, a the greatest potential? Do you know what I've realized about people who have a strong destiny and God wants them to touch thousands, millions of people? They like to be hidden. <laughs> they like to to not speak up. because. Somebody told them, or the devil used somebody to tell them long long before they even realized who they are, that they are insignificant. Somewhere along the line, somebody destroyed the very gift that God has given them. So in other words, if God has called, he said, if you are the light of the world, that means that without you, this world would be full of darkness. That goes, that also busts the bubble who believes that they're insignificant and that they don't mean anything in society, that they're just taking up space. No, you have a, a, a purpose, and your purpose is very important. And without you, God will destroy everything. That's why it's so important to once you once you get saved, you you shouldn't backtrack. You shouldn't think you could go back into the world because boy, 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 them devils, they're gonna know who you are. They're gonna be like, Oh, that was just that that person used to be some salt. That person used to be the light over there in North Miami. <laughs> Let's kill him before he gets back to his position. All right, um, so again, you are the light of the world, and God has not set you in a position to be hidden. That's not his desire for you to just always be at the back of the class. That's not his desire for you to always be at the end of every situation. God wants you to set the trend. He wants you to be at the forefront. Why? Because you're beautiful. 
Why? Because you, you, you need to be seen. Why? Because you are the light, and you need to guide the way. You need to give that vision for all those who are coming behind you out of darkness. All right. And then um, we're going to read 17 through 20, and we're going to close out. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means will by no means pass from the law, till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. See, there's a way in life that we created, and there's a way of the kingdom of which we were meant to live by. And Jesus is telling you right now that those who teaches others the law and of the kingdom of heaven, he said they, will, they shall be considered as great. But those who don't teach people the kingdom of heaven and otherwise, they will be considered to be the least. But that's not how it's working in society now because the Bible says that for all of you who don't know that Satan, he was kicked out of heaven. And the Bible prophesied and said that uh, woe to the inhabitants of uh, the earth for Satan, your adversary, has been kicked down, right? So the Bible says that he is the prince of the air. That means that he's the one that's operating. He has his demons. He has his his principalities, and and they are those who are ruling society and 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 the, and the fallen world from which Adam and Eve has sinned. Right. So it doesn't look like that. It when I say that those who teach those the ways of the kingdom of heaven are those who will be great. But those who don't teach the kingdom of heaven will be the least. When I say that it doesn't look like how it is in society, is because in society, if you can twerk, if you can flip, if you can cuss, if you can flash all your fancy chains and how many how many guns you, how many times you shot somebody to be rich, oh, society is going to, they're going to be behind you you're going to be famous. You're going to be uh, highly exalted. If you tell, if you teaching people through your music about popping mollies and 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 going to strip clubs and doing that, oh, people love that. They want to hear that. In society, uh, 
no, 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 no. They're only grace under the principality of Satan. But I have a kingdom. I have a kingdom. And I and I am king of kings and lord of lords. And I consider them to be the least. So just because you're not popular, just because you're, you're you know, you're, you're not what's popping, that doesn't mean that God doesn't see you as somebody who's great. Hopefully you're following me. Um, and what I love about it, the Bible says that Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but he came to fulfill it. And what does that simply mean? That goes back to what we learned about how as believers, we should live our lives according to the fullness of the Bible, the whole Bible in its entirety. Why? Because Jesus, even though Jesus really wasn't, um, he didn't live or he wasn't walking the earth when the Old Testament was written, and the Old Testament prophesied that he would come, just because he came, it doesn't mean that everything that God who God was and what God did and how God moved, it doesn't mean that God's uh, way is canceled out because Jesus came as the salvation and the grace of the world. He said he came to fulfill it. He came to fulfill everything about God. The only difference is, is that now through him we are saved. Through him we can be restored back to the Father. It wasn't God's desire from the beginning with to destroy us. It wasn't God's uh, desire from the beginning for us to be separated from him. So Jesus, he came to fulfill the law of God. And that's why you can not only live your life uh, from the um, live your life by the New Testament, or the Old Testament. You should live your life with the word of God combined. Okay, and, and this is what I want to show here. In verse 20 it says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God, a kingdom of heaven. What does that simply mean? As you can see, Right in the beginning of the book of Matthew, God is really dealing, anointing, his salvation, his plan, his heart towards us. But then he's also dealing with these same, this same religious order, which is described in the Pharisees. He says that, please, don't think that you can be religious, where you could just go to church or you just look holy on the outside. Don't think that you're going to enter in the kingdom by the way that these religious people lived in the days of old. He said, I am requiring you to change your heart. I am requiring you for you to change your character. And we're going to get more deeper into that as we go on, that God is in our motives and intentions and the way we think. God of all. He's God of the mind, the heart, the soul, the mind, the will, the, in the intentions. And so don't think that he don't see all that either. <laughs> Amen. And if you can get your heart pure and your intentions pure, then your ways will be pure. 
Um, and we're going to definitely stop right there. I hope you learned something today just about the will and heart of God. You know, he, he, the first sermon he began to preach, it opened up with first giving us identity that we cannot associate our hardships, our persecutions, you know, being poor in spirit, being persecuted, always showing mercy and, you know, all the things or mourning with not being blessed. He said, listen, you are blessed. You are blessed, you, but you need to learn the weight of the kingdom in order for you to survive because the just shall live by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> you know, we thank God for that word today. Uh, you know, I think that's very important, um, just what was said, especially to give an understanding of what you are called into. A lot of us, we come into Christ, we get saved, but we don't really understand what comes with the type of life that you live. If you are a Christian and you want to be a Christian, it's no way for you to avoid this. You know, I wrote things. I wrote this down. Um, uh, a part of the mantle, or you can say, a part of the call of God on your life, is persecution. Mark chapter ten, verse twenty-nine through thirty. This is what it says, and this is so powerful because we like to talk about the blessings, and we all want the blessing. We all want God to bless us. We want which God will bless you and he is blessing you and he's about to bless you but a part of the blessing is this as well i'm gonna read it for you jesus now this is what jesus said he said i tell you the truth there is no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who would not receive in this age a hundred times as much homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children's field, children fields, all with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. So Jesus made very clear: you're gonna if you have given up for. This is what Jesus pretty much said. If you have given up for me anything, I'll restore it to you. And I will give you a hundred times as much as you gave up. But there's a but there's a there's a cat connect to it with persecutions. You know, we don't we we and I I jot this down, it's so powerful. The call of God, the mantle on your life. It comes with glory, power, favor. You know, we talk about miracles, healing, open doors. I mean, so many different things. But also with the mantle comes jealousy and hatred. Mm -hmm. For no reason. For no reason. We are, it is, of course. We, but but, but it, for no reason. In other words, 
they nothing you can do. You want to oh why? Well, I didn't do anything. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to do anything. Let me tell you what you did. There is something that you did though that is causing this to happen. You accepted Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is an offense to the world. The whole world hates Jesus. If you don't believe me, look at certain nations. If you go over there preaching Christ, they will put you in jail or kill you. Some people, they don't want you to say Jesus when you're saying your speech or whatnot. Why? Because it's not politically correct. In the school system in America, you can't even really say Jesus or in the colleges. Why? Because it's not a, a sound education. And you'll be, you'll be put to the side. They don't, don't want to hang with you. So, yes, there's blessing. Yes, they favor. Yes, the love of God is surrounding you, and he's holding you and cuddling you. And you're like, oh, Lord, I love you, Jesus. But he said, hold on, hold on, my child. you got to understand something. Everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to be down with you serving me. That's what God is saying. So, in other words, you may have a blessed marriage, but people will envy you and talk about you and and talk about your marriage, even though they've seen your life of purity, when you finally actually get married or get a husband or wife, then next you know, you're like, well, hold on, hold on. When, when I was being celibate, I mean, when I was out there wilding out, you didn't have nothing to say when I was opening up my life for STD. Now that I'm, I want to value myself and be pure, now all of a sudden you got a problem with me. You're always talking about me. But you weren't talking about me when I was having sex outside of marriage and I could have got an STD or AIDS or something. Or, for example, you know, you, you didn't say anything when I was struggling and, and in poverty and I was depressed and I felt like committing suicide because I didn't know where my life was going. You didn't say anything. Now that I serve God, now I got purpose and now I know where I'm going in my life, and I'm evangelizing, now all of a sudden, you're always having something negative to say about me. You're saying, oh, you know, you need to leave that church crap, you know, from around us. You know, get away from us. We don't want to talk to you. And you're wondering what's going on? Well, you're living out the scripture. You got to swallow that pill. Be like, be like Neo <laughs> in the Matrix. Swallow, swallow that red pill. Get it down deep in you. I encourage you know to watch that movie. I mean, I think that movie has a lot of spiritual messages, but it shows how when you come into Christ, you're stepping into a whole new world, and sometimes the very people who are close to you will be your very enemies. And you got to accept that. doesn't mean you don't love them. But you know that where you're going, I love how my wife said, she said it to me even recently, you know, that where you're going, everybody can't go with you. When you're, when you're the light of the world and when you're an example to people, everybody can't go with you. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you can walk into your purpose. 
But the longer you don't accept that truth, it'll be the longer you use, that you won't walk into the fullness of who God is calling you to be. Guys, I pray that God is call, I pray that this morning God is calling you to be bold about who you are. God is calling you not to apologize about who you are. Oh, I don't know. I'm talking to somebody. God is calling you not to feel sorry about separating yourself from certain people. God is calling you, man or woman of God, whoever I'm talking to, whoever's listening today, God is calling you as a leader, and he's saying it's time for you to take the, take the breath out your mouth and to walk in the fullness of who God called you to be. You God didn't call you to, to, to be under, uh, under, uh, under uh, an exclusive, you know, you know I'm, I'm not trying to be too harsh here, but God is so much, you, you, you're, a little, you're a little soft spiritual. You've been, you've been under the breast for too long. You need to get the breast out your mouth. You need to wake up and realize God is calling you to be an adult in the kingdom, to be mature. And it doesn't come with age. It comes with spiritual maturity. And the first step to spiritual maturity is to realize everybody's not going to like the new man or woman of God God is calling you to be. This man or woman of God that God is calling you to be is going to tell people you a liar and you need to repent. And stop playing with God. And people are not going to like you for what you say. This man or woman of God that God is calling you to be, when everybody want to go out and hang out and, and drink and go to the club, you say, I can't do that. And they're going to ask you why. You say, because I'm pure, I'm holy, and, and my father's holy, and I can't, I can't do that no more. Why? Because I'm a new person. And when they don't like you, you say, good riddance. I will pray for you that you get out of the trap of the devil because rest assured that if they die in that club, in sin, they will go to hell forever. And believe me, while they're in hell, in the flame, they'll be thinking about what you said. See, the sooner you swallow the pill that God is calling you to be the light, the sooner you're going to walk into the person God is calling you to be. You are bold. You are powerful. You are pure. You are holy. You are a force to be reckoned with because you are a, 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 a king a, 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 and a queen in the eyes of God because he is your father and he is royalty. And according to 1 Peter 2, 9, he is calling you to be royal. Not just a priest where you can pray for people, but he's calling you to be royalty. That's who you are. Accept it. And for those that's listening today, it's your time to accept who God is calling you to be. God is calling you to get saved. He's calling you to leave that life alone and to accept him as your Lord and Savior today. So if that's you and you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just say aye and we will pray for you to accept the We'll, we'll, we'll pray the prayer of salvation for you. If that's you, just say I, and we will pray for you.
All right. And for those, this is a time of repentance. For those that would like to repent, that means that you're saying, God, I heard your word today, and I would like to repent today and turn away from some ways I've been acting and get some things in order with you. If that's you, just say, I will pray for you, the prayer of repentance. And I also want to mention this um, for those. uh, When you are ashamed or afraid to be bold about your walk with God, that is sin as well. It is. Some of us, you, you may be asking, how? Well, the scripture says, this is what Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven and before the holy angels. That means if you act like you don't really know God and you want to blend in with people, God says that's sin. And when you don't really want to tell anybody about him, that's sin. Why? Because you're moving in a way where you're being ashamed of Christ. And he said, he made very clear in his words, if you're ashamed of him in this world, he'll be ashamed to call you his own in heaven. So if you would like to repent today and get some things in order, just say aye, and we will pray for you that God wash you in that area. So this is your time, opportunity. All right, so since all hearts are clear, uh, we thank God today. God bless you for all those that joined us in the in the service today. Uh, we will have service at 6.30 at the FIU campus. Uh, you can go ahead and join us if you're able to. Um, it's going to be very, very powerful, like another, all God's uh, messages are powerful. But uh, we will see you there at 6.30. And if you're uh, not able to make it, uh, we will be right back here at 1130 once again uh, this Sunday. But God bless everyone. Have a great, great week. And know that God loves you and we love you as well. So God bless everyone. God bless you. Bye. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bless up.